Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Praise the Lord. There is no other king like him. Amen. No other king could break the dominion of darkness, the tyranny of evil, and bring peace and reign with grace instead of all that stuff. Amen. The king of glory. And I believe that the king of glory is in this place today. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we're thankful for this day that we're able to loudly and boldly proclaim that Christ is risen. Amen. We thank you, Father God, for that we can celebrate victory over death in the grave today. And we thank you, Father God, that because he lives, we live also. And because he lives, we can face every new day that comes our way. We thank you, Father. I pray, Lord, today for the power and presence of your Holy Spirit ministering to everyone today, whether they're watching from their homes or they're in this place. Father God, bring renewal, restoration, revival, awakening, and resurrection to lives all over Scotland today. We pray for your church here in this land. Wherever the word of God is preached this morning, I thank you that people will be saved. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the precious blood of your son that bought that salvation for us. So, Lord, today we're thankful to be in your house together, celebrating Easter as a family. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, thank you for coming. You're very welcome. If you're visiting, you're very welcome here today. You know, if I could start off the service this morning, it would be with one verse, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have ever lasting life. Amen? You know, this resurrection thing is no small deal. It is a huge thing. And I've spoken to so many people that don't believe in the resurrection. They don't believe. They think that once you're gone, that's it. But that resurrection and the cross just before it made a way for the sick to be healed, for the blind to see, hallelujah, for prisoners to be set free, made a way for us to go out and to proclaim the good news to the poor, amen. So thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the resurrection. Thank God that it was because God didn't want to see anyone perishing that all of this happened. Amen. He didn't want to see anyone perishing. So Jesus came to the earth, and we know he did what he had to do, but there's one thing he did, and he made sure of it. He reversed the curse. He reversed the curse. And so... I have a a message, hopefully not too long, but the title of this message this morning is Evidently There Is Life After Death. (laughs) Evidently There Is Life After Death. And I know there's people sitting in this place this morning that are living new lives and your new creations 
And there was an old life, and that old life is gone. Amen? There is life after death. Jesus was very good at appearing to people after the cross. But do you know that he still appears to people to this day? People are having encounters with Jesus. People are seeing visions of Jesus. Muslims, people of other religions are having encounters with Jesus in places you wouldn't imagine. Jesus is still alive and appearing to people today. He wants to touch lives everywhere. Amen? Let's begin here this morning. What is, what is the curse that has just been mentioned? I believe the curse is separation from God. I believe that that was and still is the curse, separation from God. And it happened through the simple deception that caused God's original creation to trust in their own understanding instead of trusting in God. And they just opened the door to a deception that changed the face of humanity forever. You know, I don't know about everyone sitting here this morning, but I can doubt my own understanding sometimes. I've discovered that without the help of the Holy Spirit, I'd be lost. I would be lost. I simply, of my, in and of myself, cannot comprehend certain situations well enough to make the right choices to move forward. My natural judgment and my awareness of things fall short, very short. And before I know it, things get foggy, a little bit confused. I don't know how I'm going to move ahead. More than ever, God's people need to be able to evaluate and discern situations that are coming, that are here in your life and on earth today, and be enabled to walk and move forward free of confusion. Does anyone agree that there's a lot of confusing things going on at the moment? Thank you for your agreement. This is Easter Sunday. You can shout at me. To my mind, there's only one solution. The Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit. The one who takes up residence in your life when you receive Jesus Christ. Amen. He moves, he moves in. He moves in. Amen, Jan. Anyway, at that very moment, when we know the story in the garden, sin and death entered humanity and brought with it all sorts of chaos and affliction. And it remains here to this day. And all of the old deceptions, along with some new ones, just changed around a wee bit, seem to be flooding into the age that we live in. You, all you have to do is open your laptop computer or check out the TV to know that. Amen? I want to say this morning, and, and I know this is supposed to be a happy service, but it might be a wee bit heavy before we get to the, to the better stuff, but that separation from God in reality is a death sentence. It's a death sentence. And you say, well, Pastor, how can, how can you say that separation from God equals spiritual death? Well, we're all spirits, aren't we? Amen. And people can be spiritually active in all sorts of areas. But if our spirit is not alive to the spirit of the living God, 
then it must therefore be dead. The Word says that we were dead in our sins and our trespasses. Amen? So, spiritually, you might think you're alive, but you're tampering in all the wrong areas. You're a spirit. You can be dead spiritually to God, but your spirit is still active. It's still doing something. It's maybe just moving in the wrong areas. Amen? You know, you can be living but not really alive. Amen? You can be living but not... Sometimes we say that. Just check him for a pulse. See if there's anything going on. See if there's anything going on there. How many times do you hear people saying, I feel dead on the inside? And they live out long years of their life with passionless living. They don't have a lot of passion. Amen? So this message might be a wee bit heavy just now. But it's a bit like those that ran to Jesus' tomb. Those uh, women in Luke chapter 24. Amen? They ran there with heavy hearts. But just as they left, maybe slightly dazed and confused, you'll leave here today inspired. Not confused in Jesus' name. Amen? Luke 24, 1 to 10. I'm not going to read all of it, but you know the story. They, they ran to the tomb. And they got there and they found the stone rolled away and they were really puzzled by what was going on. Amen? But there were two men standing there with shining garments. Two men, two big guys. Angels are, have a presence. And they were there, and they bowed their faces to the earth, and they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? And that has meant so much to me over the years, because I always wonder, David, why did you look for life in dead places for so long? Why do you always go looking for life in dead places? And he says, why are you here looking for, looking for him? He's not, he's not here. But he's risen and he's, don't you remember he said to you, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And of course, then they went and they told the others. And I love what the word says here in verse 11. It says, their words seemed to them like idle tales. That is, there was a guy in Australia once. I don't remember his name. He was a kind of a prominent guy. He might have been a politician or something. And apparently, he died in the hospital, but he came back to life. And he said, I want everyone to know something, that when the lights go out, there's nothing there. That's all there is, nothing. There's nothing there. And I don't know the, the details of his experience, but he claimed that there was nothing there. Anyhow, by some miracle, he, was, uh, he came to life again. But I've heard countless stories of people having encounters, divine encounters. You know, the Word says that to be absent from the, the body is to be present with the Lord. Your spirit's got to go somewhere. And I believe that so many people have this one major hang-up. You know, I can believe this, I can believe that, I can see a little bit of this here, that might be true, but there's one thing I cannot believe, and that is that Jesus, a man, rose from the dead. But evidently, there is life after death. Amen. Evidently, there is life after death. Because Jesus appeared 
to others when he had, had risen. Amen? And he's still appearing today. If it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be here today. My life would have been snuffed out when I was probably 15, doing stupid stuff. Jesus is definitely alive. And his angels are sent forth as ministering spirits into the heirs of, as heirs of salvation and to protect us. Because God's got a destiny for you. And even though you, don't, you might not know that yet or know what it is, he wants to preserve you until you decide to do it. And he's giving you, God's the God of more than the second chance. But he's not infinitely patient. <laughs> you see, I thought, I don't really know what to share this morning. I wrangled over a bit. I says, the, 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 something said to me, it was the wrong voice. Share what happened in the three days between the cross and the resurrection. I said, hmm. I don't know if, I, if I've got, because that's, that's an area where we know that Jesus um, went somewhere because he ministered to spirits, and you can read that in Jude. He went somewhere to proclaim, I have risen. And there's a few th theologies that suggest certain things, but all I know is that when he said, it is finished, he absolutely made sure it was finished. And he ensured that victory was forever secured by fulfilling the prophecy in the Old Testament that he would overcome death and hell, if you like, or Hades or whatever your theology is on that, and be resurrected to life at the right hand of the Father. He made sure that that was done. Hebrews 12, 2 says, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? You know, people think, and may, I think I did as well, Jesus then went to hell, and there was, you know, he was then, when Jesus said it was finished, his suffering ended there on the cross. He never, when he said it was finished, it was finished. His suffering was done on the cross. It was done. I'm getting silence. I'll need to do some preaching on that. His human body and his flesh died on that cross. And he said, it is finished. 1 Peter 3 says, he suffered once for our sins. He suffered once for our sins on the cross. Amen. We now have to realize that it's not wise to keep on nailing him to the cross. It's not wise to do that. And it's like this. If you once tasted the goodness of God and his love and his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness, why would you want to go back to something else? If you tasted the goodness of God, why go back to whatever it is that can only provide you with pleasure for a season? When you've tasted the goodness of God and it's become real in your life, I don't believe you'll want to go back. The word, I think it's Proverbs, it says, um, it's a nasty scripture. It's like a dog returning to its vomit. <laughs> I, get, I, get, I get the heebie-jeebies just thinking about that. But in Colossians 2, it says there that we're buried with him in baptism. In this church, we believe and pra practice water baptism. 
Amen. We were buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses, he's made alive together with him, forgiving us of our trespasses. He wiped out the handwriting of all the requirements that was against us, and he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Here's the good part. Having disarmed them, principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing, triumphing over them in it. Amen. Do you know, princip amen, Barbara. Do you know, principalities and powers occupy all sorts of mediums in the world today. Principalities and powers, you think it's like, it's not Scooby-Doo with Casper and all that stuff. Principalities and powers work through mediums of people, systems, governments. They occupy, principalities and powers subvert many things. But their, princip their principal objective is to deceive and to divide and to separate people from God. And the important thing for me is Jesus proclaimed his victory and Sam said he ascended on high, taking captivity captive with him. You know, I didn't want to sp speak about this this morning, but on Easter Sunday, you can't not take the opportunity. Separation from God in eternity, hell is a hor horrific, horrifying thought. And one of the worst aspects of being separated from God in hell is loneliness. It's not going to be... I've, I was at a funeral once, and I was standing outside the door, and uh, there was a guy there who said, I'm not here for a long time, I'm here for a good time. And I thought, you know, how many people take that with them to, to their grave and think that, who knows what they'll think about the afterlife, but it's not a party. It's, there's ch a choice to be made, and we're in, very, we're in very keen days right now. I believe that we're moving into the church age. Amen? That's what I believe. But imagine it, for eternity having remorse that you had an opportunity to receive Jesus, but you didn't take it. I think that will be the most brutal feeling or whatever it is you will experience in hell is to know that someone crossed your path and said, will you accept Jesus Christ? And you said, no, maybe later. Maybe, maybe at some other time. People think there's plenty of time. There will always be time, but that's not true, folks. And that's why Jesus endured the cross. He knew he was in a battle with hell itself and that he'd redeem us by the work of the cross and rise victorious and the curse would be broken. The curse would be reversed. For every person that chooses Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, there's a restoration from death to life. Amen? Amen. I, 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 my mom used to run around this church. Amen. Apart from his own resurrection, there's other life, that, there's other um, instances where evidently there's life after death. Lazarus, whom he loved dearly, 
was dead for four days. And Martha says, if only you'd been here, Lord, he wouldn't have died. He wouldn't have died. But I know that your father, God, will give you whatever you asked. And we know the story of Lazarus. He says to her, your brother will rise again. She gets the totally wrong idea. She thinks he's talking about the, 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 the future resurrection of the dead. Oh, she didn't know. It's happening right now. I'm going to do it now. And we, we've got to tell people that the, the opportunity to be resurrected from death to life is now. It's now. Amen. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? She says, yeah, I believe it. You're, you're Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. I believe it. You know, resurrection, I love it whenever there's a re in a word, R-E, re, re, restoration, resurrection, recovery. Oh, I love that. Amen? Because it talks about uh, uh, something's going to happen again, a rising again. Uh, you're going to recover again. Amen? You're going to have a recovery. But you know, the power of the resurrection, just like the power of the cross, because sometimes you can stand and you can speak these words and people don't grasp it. But, you know, just like the cross, the power of the resurrection, the empty tomb, is only as powerful as the revelation you have of that in your own life. How often do we actually go away and sit down in the car park at the shore and think about Jesus rising from the dead? How often do we meditate on it and pray about that? What is it just becoming an Easter story? Or is it something that we need to live our daily lives by? You know, you know Jesus didn't rise. He uh, wasn't resurrected and came back as a bunny that goes and puts eggs out somewhere. You know, there's so, Easter has got so convoluted with different things. We need to remember what Easter is truly about. Amen. You know, so it depends on your personal revelation of the resurrection. That's what will keep you going when times get tough. That's when everyone around you is quitting and giving up. You're like, I'm, I'm going on. Because I'm, I, I've been raised to new life with Christ. There's daily power in it. In Psalm 23, David said in verse 3, the Lord restores my soul, restores my soul. In Psalm 23, I believe it's good to pray that every day. Lead me by still waters. Take me to where I can feed, in where there's food to feed my spirit and my soul. Lord, restore my soul. Amen. The reason the empty tomb, the resurrection happened is I believe God was just giving us a picture. This is the plan I have for your life. This is the plan I have for your life. Evidently, there's life after death. In Ezekiel 37, there's a story about dry bones living. There was a, there was a spirit at work there, a ruah, the wind of the spirit, the breath of the spirit. And what does it say there? Ezekiel's prophesying, Lord speaking to him and says, speak to them and say, behold my people, I will open up your graves and cause you to come out of them. 
I'll open your graves and cause you come. Then you shall know that I'm the Lord when I've opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. Evidently, there's life after death. Amen. God performs the miracle of resurrection every day. Ezekiel 36, 25 to 28, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land and you will be my people. I will be your God. All because you say yes. I need a new heart. I need a new spirit. I need my soul to be restored. So these are people who will walk in the statutes of the Lord and pick up their cross daily. And we might say, why do I need all of that grief in my life to go and pick up a cross every day and go through everything that Jesus went through? Because evidently there's life after death. That's why you do it. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. Because there is life after death. As I'm just going to close shortly, uh, there's a good story in the Word. It's talking about these uh, group of people called the Sadducees. Don't know if you've heard of those guys. They had their, com their compadres were the Pharisees. And um, the, the Pharisees were the they believed in the supernatural. They believed in all of this resurrection. From They believed all that stuff. But the Sadducees did not believe in life after death. That's why they were sad, you see. They did not believe in life. <laughs> that was bad. They did not believe in life after death. They were the type of people who took the Ten Commandments and added a thousand things else more to it. They wanted to make life really difficult. They had no life in them. And they didn't believe in life after death. And so there's a story there which is quite funny. It's about, um, you know, what happens in, in, in Jewish custom when um, a man dies and his wife has not had a son. Then the man's brother has to step in and make sure that the wife bears a son so that he continue the family name and all of that kind of stuff. And then one of these guys said to him, hey, um, Jesus, but what happens? You know, there were seven brothers and they all died. And then the wife died too. So in heaven... Who's going to be the husband of the wife? <laughs> this was amazing to Jesus because they didn't believe in the afterlife anyway. So why were they even asking the question? Amen. But he says, he says this. He says this. Uh, he says, you're mistaken. You don't know the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection, you neither marry or are given in marriage, but you're like angels in, in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, because I am the God of the, dead, the, God of the living, not the dead. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So evidently, there is life after death, because he was still the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. So praise God for that. 
You know, we're going to close out the service. We're going to be blessed by our youth band. They're going to, they're going to minister to us. But I want to close and say that it's time for the restoration of the church. Many things need to be restored. And you know, we look at Acts, we look at the New Testament church, and we think, God, you're going to do it the same way again. He's going to do something that he intended for the church to be now. So we look to his word, but God is going to do something new now. But one thing's for sure, it's going to include the fact that we are going to display the love of Jesus Christ. By this they shall know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And Jesus went to the cross for us and died because he loves us. Amen. And I believe that, that we will move into a, an age where people will not love their lives unto the death. They will pick up their cross every day and will serve Jesus. Amen. And so we will overcome, according to Revelation 12, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen. The world's getting tougher, but in a hate-filled world, the love of Jesus is going to shine through. It's going to come through even more powerfully. And so we, I'm going to, I urge you this morning to live up, as we said at Good Friday service, live up to the standard of the cross. Your life will be changed and you, it'll be so good. Not easy, but it will be a blessing to you, your family, your loved ones, the people that you know. Amen. So, thanks be to God for this celebration today. Amen. The grave's empty. Evidently, there is life after death. Amen. So, we don't, and what, just one final thing that I just believe to say this. Do not be afraid of death. If you have the Lord Jesus Christ living in your heart, <laughs> you don't have to be afraid of death. You don't have to be afraid of it. Just make sure you have him in your life. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.